listening to sermons from South Point McDonough, where we are equipping the family of God for the mission of God, to see everyone around us transformed by the gospel of Jesus. For more information, please visit southpoint.org. Have you ever lost something? Have you ever lost something really valuable, really important to you? Maybe, I know some of y'all, it's often your keys. You lost your keys recently? Anybody often lose their wallet? Maybe for some of you, again, I know some of y'all, maybe you lose your kids. Uh, but you know that feeling, that, that, that sinking in your heart when something's missing, depending on which child it is. But you know when you're just like, oh man, what happened? Or like if you do have your kid or if you see somebody who's frantic about their child. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was out here and, and uh, somebody saw me looking out the window and they had heard that I was looking for one of my kids. And so they, man, they were just, they were on the case. <laughs> it was, they, we got to find this kid. I hadn't, I don't know where, the, but, but you know, like you, you had that feeling, that, that, that hole in your gut, like, oh man, something bad is, I'm late to get out the door. I don't have my keys. I don't have my wallet. Something's missing. Something is lost. Maybe it's something really valuable like a ring. Tonight we're going to look at two pictures, two stories of things that were lost. So I want to be in that mindset of, man, having that, man, this is, something is breaking my heart. I really miss this. Something incredibly valuable to me. We're going to look here in Luke chapter 15. If you have the word of God, I want you to go there with me. Luke chapter 15. We're going to pick up in verse number 3. Start in verse number 3. We've been walking through the book of Luke together on Sunday mornings. And this is where God has us tonight on Good Friday. And then Sunday morning, uh, Easter Sunday, we're going to be looking at the rest of chapter 15. At the third part of this story, what people often refer to as the prodigal son. But we see here in Luke chapter 15, in verse number 3, this is Jesus talking to the crowds. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So let's look at this first story that we have here. We see in verse number four, the story of the lost sheep. This man has a hundred sheep. Now, this is pretty common. What we know from, now this is a parable, so it wasn't a real person, but as Jesus tells this story, we can paint the picture of a guy who's mostly middle class. A hundred sheep is where most people even here would find themselves. This is a middle class guy, an average flock of sheep for this day and time. We, we, shepherds were kind of weird folks. They just hung out with sheep. So they were just out here by themselves, doing their own thing, probably scraggly, nothing special about them, it, mostly hippies. If you're like, oh yeah, hippies, good thing I'm a hipster. Same thing, like they like to make their own clothes, wear their own clothes, wear weird bracelets or necklaces, or th those are the kind of things that, and so as people heard about this story of shepherds, they're like, oh yeah, kind of different. 
Interesting how Jesus identifies with the shepherd. Am I right? So we, we have this weird, this weird guy. Now, you have to understand this about sheep, too. Watching sheep is nothing special. Sheep are nothing special. Sheep aren't scary at all. So when the sheep goes missing, he says, he just goes out and he finds it. Sheep aren't very smart animals. Sheep stink. They look weird. They grow stuff, and then you cut it off, and they look weird. Even the noise they make is kind of strange. There's nothing special about sheep. They don't have claws or talons or sharp teeth. They can't really bite you. In fact, when your kid is trying to fall asleep, if he can't, what do you, what do you say? Go count sheep. Like, go count the most boring, mundane animal that you can, that you can think of, and eventually you're going to drift off into sleep. Nothing special about sheep. In fact, if they're really gentle animals. If we had a, an alert that came across on your phone, hey, there was a, a truck that was going down the road. There was a bunch of loose sheep in your neighborhood. You're not going to be scared. Go lock your doors. Like if it was lions or tigers, you're going to be like, let me go pet one. Just normal, average, everyday animals. He says, so this guy, he loses a sheep. Now, for one sheep, this would be like one one hundredth, one percent of his wealth. Kind of a big deal. Like you want to go find it, but it's not something that you can't really write off on taxes at the end of the year. It's just one percent. Okay, we can we can find some wiggle room. But what does this man do? He goes to find this sheep because the sheep out on its own is helpless. He's got no way of defending himself, and this sheep, with their incredibly low IQ, just wander off, and they have no idea where they're going. So that's the picture we have here is this harmless, helpless, tender little sheep, and it wanders off. That's the story. He says in verse number four, he says, he goes after the one that is lost until he finds it. And Jesus begins here with a question for the people. He actually begins with the application of this parable and then turns it around to the theological side. But this word lost right here is literally the word perish. And it's used eight times here in this chapter. So there's an, an important connection that Jesus says here from this animal to what we're going to see in a second, to this coin, to then to the prodigal son. So this animal, once it goes, it wanders off. It could have been carried away by a predator. We don't really know, but it's, it's away. This shepherd says, I got to go find my sheep. It's just 1%. It's just a sheep, nothing special. As the shepherd goes, he leaves the safety and the security of those 99. He goes looking for this one sheep. Now understand, it's not just, hey, let me just go, let me call my friends. No, no, this is treacherous terrain. And so this sheep could be anywhere. He could, there are plenty of animals, predators around. But what does the shepherd do? He says, I'm going to go find this sheep anyway. That sheep is still really valuable to me. Here's what I want you to see about the economy of God and his extraordinary love. We don't go looking for him. In this parable, just so you know, the sheep, that's us. God is the one who comes and finds us. He's the one who lays his life down, who sacrifices himself, not because we're anything special apart from him, but he says, I think you're valuable. I'm going to come and find you. And then what does he do? He goes back and he has a celebration for just 1% of this, his income for that year. You're like, why is the celebration so big? If we think the celebration is way too big, it's because we don't understand the grace of God. So we see here in the parable, he says, man, this is fantastic. What was lost is now found. We think, man, what's, what's one soul? If just one person gets saved, if I just invite one person, 
Jesus says, all of the angels in heaven are celebrating that there is one soul. This is the extraordinary grace of God. Not because we can do anything special, but because Jesus says, you are mine. Then we see here in this next picture, this lost coin. Verse number eight, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, now he ups the ante a little bit. This is 10% of your wealth. That's a little more money. It's a little more substantial. What woman does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me. Notice the woman here is the same reaction to just one coin. If this seems a little extraordinary to you, again, consider the magnificent grace of God. She says, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There's nothing worse than being lost and not knowing it. This sheep had no idea it was lost. For me, I'm directionally challenged. There, there are some things I'm good at, I think, maybe one day. But for me, directions is not one of them. It, there are, have been several times, I, I, I hesitate to tell you about some of the stories, when I think I'm going the right direction and I'm completely lost. That's the worst because not only am I lost, but I have no idea. Jesus says here, it's not the sheep that says, let me go see if I can find my way. It has no idea it's lost. The coin doesn't say, let me find the purse. The coin has no idea it's lost. And in the same way that we work hard to find the valuable things that we've lost, that's the mission of Jesus Christ that he came on. Just a, a few weeks later, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 19. He says, this is the reason that he came. Here's his mission right here. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus Christ says, my mission was to seek and save the lost. You see, because Jesus feels our absence. Like the owner here, the, the shepherd, and then the woman who lost her coin, Jesus feels our absence. He feels that loss. And he takes every extremity, every effort to come and to find us. You see, we, we're sinners. We've sinned, we've rebelled, we've turned our back, we've run away from God. We've tried to find our, our pleasure and identity and satisfaction and significance and value and worth in every single thing that the world has to offer, in everything else. But we were created to be in relationship with God. We are created in his image, the Imago Dei. And in the same way that this coin and this sheep had an, had an owner, we are his. In his image, we are his. And Jesus doesn't just move a flock or he doesn't just move furniture and looking for us, but he literally moves his primary place of residence from heaven down to earth because, friend, you are his. Because you are his. There's only one thing worse, I think, in this world than being a sinner. And that's being a sinner who does not understand how much God values you. 
And we celebrate tonight because we get a chance to look at the cross. The cross declares your worth. It declares your value. Your worth is most easily seen on the cross through the blood of Jesus Christ. The cross says, I declare you are loved and you are adopted and you are righteous and I approve of you. I love you. You are accepted. The cross declares that. On the cross, you are both fully known and fully loved. You are both fully known and fully loved. And maybe some of y'all would say, bro, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand the thoughts that are racing around in my head. You don't understand the pull of this sin. You don't understand what I did years ago. Even my wife and my kids, and they don't even know these things. The government doesn't know this stuff. But can I tell you, friend, that Jesus knows. He knows all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your guilt. That's why he was on the cross, because he knows that about us. We are fully known on the cross, and at the same time, we are fully loved. Because Jesus took your shame and your pain and your guilt. He took your sin. He took the wrath of God on himself. He took it all the way down to the depths of hell where he was the guest of dishonor as the demons celebrated that Jesus was dead. On the cross, you were fully known and you were fully loved. And we see that in the sacrifice of Christ. But the cross without the resurrection is a hopeless cause. The cross without the resurrection is a hopeless cause. But our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it redefines the cross. And in doing so, it redefines your life. It redefines your future. The resurrection redefines your eternity. Amen? So as we sit here tonight, we can say, man, why is this called Good Friday? We just read like one of the saddest stories to these kids, and they're like, oh, it's over? All right, mom and dad, I'm kind of scared. We're singing songs about death and blood. How beautiful the cross. It's good because we know that Sunday is coming. You see, we all come into this life looking for someone who's looking for us. We all come into this life looking for someone who's looking for us. We are designed to be in relationship. And friends, I would implore you to look to Christ. He is your soul's greatest desire. He has come looking for you. So look to Christ this evening on this Good Friday. Look to the cross if you look back at verses 1 and 2 with me, here's where we started in verse number 3. We need to understand verses 1 and 2. Here's the context of verse number 3, and this is important for us. Verse 1 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Notice the tax collectors and the sinners, they're leaning in. They're leaning in saying, man, I'm, I'm broken. I am needy. I don't have everything figured out. 
this son of man, Jesus Christ, he's, he's speaking life. I want to hear about this life. I'm lost. I want to be found. The righteous, the religious, those who don't need salvation because they have everything figured out, they sit back and they grumble. Who is this man who eats with sinners, who eats with prostitutes, who eats with tax collectors? Can I tell you, friend, that's the declaration of the good news of the gospel. These Pharisees, they proclaim the gospel that Jesus has come to find those who are lost and to eat with us. The Son of God sits across and says, I want to be with you. That's the good news of Jesus' finished work on the cross, that we get to be in relationship with him. You see, religion says, man, sheep are stinky. They have a low IQ. They can't figure anything out. They're, they're mostly useless. And so when a sheep gets lost, religion says, ha, ah, man, that's, that stinks for you. Hope you find your way back. But the love of God says, no, I'm going to go down to where you are, putting my life on the line, and I'm going to pick you up. A sheep was about a 100-pound animal. The shepherd doesn't just lead it back. The shepherd, the love of God, puts it on his shoulders and he carries that sheep back. He brings that sheep back home. Isaiah 53, it says this. This isn't on the screen. This is, this is for free. He says in verse number six, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's all of us here tonight. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He took the punishment on himself that we deserved. And what does he say here? He, he talks about a shepherd. He talks about a woman. The religious who were listening in on this, they would be offended wait, is, is Jesus comparing me to a shepherd? Is Jesus comparing me to a woman? There is great dishonor in this day. But the reason Jesus does that, he says, no, no, no. I've identified with you, even the lowest of the low, so that you can identify with me in all of my glory. Jesus has identified with us in our sinfulness so that we can identify with him in his righteousness. As a friend, I would ask you to repent. Martin Luther said all of the Christian life is a life of repentance. Repentance is turning from one way and it's heading the other. And so maybe even tonight the shepherd is behind you. Repentance is just walking with the shepherd. So turn from what you think is right and turn back to him. Maybe that's been your day. If you're a believer, you say, I've repented. My faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. But I have not been walking with the shepherd today or this week or this month. Turn back to him again. Re Repentance is not just turning from the world's pleasures, but it's a call to turn to heaven's treasures. And the greatest treasure of all is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the Passover meal. He is the lamb. So as the children of Israel would sit and they would remember the Passover, when the Spirit of God back in Egypt passed over their homes, 
they were reminded, yeah, this lamb is slaughtered, pointing forward to Jesus. But here we see the shepherd that goes and finds you is also the sheep that was slaughtered for you. Jesus does the work. He says, turn, walk with me, run to me, look to the cross. And, and even better than us getting to celebrate a Passover meal on this Good Friday, Jesus says, you who are my disciples, eat my body and drink my blood. I was broken for you so that you could be made whole. My blood was shed so that you could be declared righteous. So tonight we celebrate with all of the angels. The greatest celebration that we can have is not one of the enemy when Jesus Christ died, but one with the angels when we get to step back into life. So we get to celebrate through this meal. Tonight, friends, as we participate in communion together, we're reminded of the broken body of Christ. And usually on Thursday night, on, on the Holy Week, the night before Jesus was actually placed on the cross, that's when Jesus was with his disciples and they partook of this meal together. He said, take, eat all of it. Take the cup and drink all of it. So we take that piece of bread and we dip it in the juice as a reminder that we are his. As we do this, may we be remembering Christ on the cross, but also recognize your value in God's sight. You are valuable. That's why Jesus suffered on your behalf, because he loves you that much. Repentance restores your value. So repent tonight and rejoice with all of heaven. If you're like, man, I've never repented before. I think I'm still over here living in enemy territory. Call out on the name of Jesus. He lived for you perfectly the way that you were designed to live. He died for you on the cross, the death that you deserve to die. And he rose victorious over sin and death three days later. Put your faith and trust in him tonight for the very first time or yet again. Family, this meal is for us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. Let's partake of this together, remembering his sacrifice for us.